Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Abide Podcast as we continue our discussion on disciple making. So last week, Chris and I talked about the two sides of the disciple making coin, evangelism and discipleship. And then we split those up into categories that we call the four B's, belong, believe, become, and beget. So we're going to spend all day today discussing what it means to belong, or as it's commonly known, uh, what it's like to be in community. And joining me in this discussion is Coastal's first ever church planning resident, Kyle Jackson. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So go ahead, tell the people just a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is Kyle Jackson. Like you said, I am planting a church in uh, this little community, kind of central Galveston County called Lago Mar. We have a 12 acre lagoon which is kind of (laughs) like the selling point for our community yeah and we are starting a very focused neighborhood church Mm -hmm. so it's not that we don't care about everyone else outside of our neighborhood or outside of kind of like this little circle that we've identified but that's the geographical region Mm -hmm. that we are claiming for the kingdom of god that we want to take ownership of so uh so that's what i'm doing currently i have a wife we've been married Almost 11 years, and our daughter, Rowan, is turning four next week. She's really excited about getting a big girl bed. Oh, yay. Yeah, it's (laughs) going to be really fun putting that together. Milestones. (laughs) uh, uh, We uh, adopted her uh, through foster care. That's a big part of our story. And um, dealt dealt with my wife and I, we dealt with some infertility stuff. And then we uh, did several different iterations of foster and adoption journey and uh, we, we had the, just, just the Lord was really good to us and we mm. got to bring her home from the hospital. So she's been in our house since, since day four mm. of her being alive. And so that's, so that's my family. I have been doing ministry, you know, really for the most part since I graduated high school. So I'm 37, so almost 20 years. Yeah. That's Um, make you sound old (laughs) yeah no I grew up in like the greater Houston area on the south side not too far away from here in this town called Pearland and Mm -hmm. so uh, that's a a little bit about me uh, and um, I'm excited to be here with you so before we dive in I gotta ask you the golden question Uh, what is your favorite smell so I thought about this a lot. Um, we debated. There's two, you know, the blown out diaper smell. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to do that one. Uh, my favorite smell in the world is fresh cut grass. That's nice. That sounds like a very, like, just bro thing to say. But <laughs> I, I love, like, golf course, mowing the yard, like, all of that kind of stuff. That yeah. fresh cut grass is, is, is a great smell. I have a candle that is fresh cut grass candle that I'm not allowed to burn because my wife hates that smell. Really? So wow. I have a candle that's fresh cut grass <laughs> that just sits there. And, and mocks you because you can't smell it? No, I just put it in the cabinet so I don't see it. So I don't get <laughs> there you go. It, but, yeah. That's funny. I have, I've never seen a candle with fresh cut grass smell. Yeah, I, I think it was like in the back, at like the dollar store. They're, they <laughs> made it by accident or something. I don't know. Someone gave it to me. 
That's funny. That's awesome. Well, Kyle, thanks for being here. Um, So we are in a conversation right now about disciple making, and we have defined disciple making as the process of intentionally engaging with another person to lead them towards repentance and faith in Christ and equip them for the multiplication of the kingdom. So we were intentional in choosing how we worded this because we wanted it to encompass both evangelism and uh, discipleship specifically for the multiplication of God's kingdom. So I think when we talk about disciple making, we have to first talk about kind of the foundation for a lot of people. And I would say one part of the foundation is community. And so my first question is, why is community a vital aspect of disciple making? Uh, So... I mean, just like theologically, the the concept of community is important. We were created for community. Uh, we were created in the image of God, and God is communal in his very essence. The mm-hmm. triune God is not alone, right? There's right. three, um, and three in one. And so uh, being created in the image of God, we have been created for community. Community is deeply rooted in uh, who all of us are, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, we all need community. I think mm-hmm. uh, people probably can acknowledge that more in 2021, at the beginning of 2021, than they could at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, when people lost community. And, yeah. um, and, and I would push forward to say, like, community um, will, uh, community has to be in person. Mm-hmm. So digital community can can never offer the full kind of expression of mm-hmm. what true community uh, is. And right. so uh, so community is important because we have been created for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as people engage in community, what we have seen in our uh, in our on ramp for starting our church is um, everyone is is craving community like true authentic community because a lot of Mm -hmm. people have like what i would call faux communities they have like friends or people around them that are just there but they're not really building something together they they just hang out uh drink beer or whatever Mm -hmm. right like in and complain or they're not the goal isn't to to make one another better to Mm -hmm. set goals together and to become someone uh, a better someone than they are today. Mm. And, and what I would call that would be spiritual formation, right? Like yeah. growing towards Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. We are never like Christ, but we should be growing towards Christ likeness. And so when we are in kind of true community, we should be pushing towards Christ likeness together and yeah. challenging one another to be, become better husbands, better wives, better friends, mm. uh, better moms and dads, uh, better coworkers, bosses, leaders, et cetera, right? Yeah. And so community is such a vital aspect of disciple making because you don't make disciples by themselves. Like mm-hmm. uh, everyone's like, you know, on a desert island, like that's not a real scenario. Like right. disciples, I, I would say actually you can't be the full expression of what a disciple is on, on a deserted island because part mm-hmm. of what it means to be a disciple is to share the story that you've been invited into. Right. And so that happens in community. Mm, definitely can't really share it with anyone if you don't have anyone to do that. I think that community, kind of like you were saying, is really just the environment for disciple making to take place. Um, For evangelism, we like to say that belonging often happens before believing. People want to know that they have a place where they belong, where they're welcome, where they're loved, where they feel safe. That's so good. And 
I got a story about that. Yes, okay. please share. So um, we have some neighbors that we, we moved into our block um, in f- the end of February, and we were the first people on the block. There was us and four other houses that moved in all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And closest to us, it was two, uh, three lots down, uh, was this couple named Chris and Brittany. And Chris and Brittany uh, had very different um, experiences with the church. Mm-hmm. Chris had a great experience, grew up Catholic <coughs> school, um, very devout Catholic uh, upbringing mm-hmm. uh, and, and would consider himself like very involved in the church. Mm-hmm. Brittany grew up Catholic church, but got burned, mm-hmm. hated the church, had no kind of sense of wanting to be a part of this. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we studied as, as, a, as a launch team, we studied this missiologist that gave us this kind of timeline of faith, zero being I hate God, 10 being I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. So mm-hmm. this is all pre-conversion timeline, right? And so as we begin to, as we begin to identify and, and, and engage people in community, we have been training our team, hey, where are people at on their timeline of faith so that you can help them take the next step towards yeah. get to God, towards getting to God. So when I met Brittany, she was probably a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Chris and Brittany, we, we had dinner together and we hung out a lot. They were part of our bubble in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a couple months into it, uh, they've been hanging out with our daughter, who's three, and Chris's niece, that he wasn't very connected with, but she was still family. She was three, and her and her dad were walking down the street, and a car jumped the curb and ran over his niece, who was three, and killed her. Oh, my gosh. Crazy, right? I'm not telling the stories to make you sad. Um, but Brittany went from a three to probably a two. Yeah. And Chris is sitting or standing on the sidewalk, and he's like, man, I have faith that I can trust in for this, but she has no type of, like, anything to and she's she's running away from the lord Mm. so um my wife and i had already been praying for them already been praying for her my wife was like investing in her this is the community aspect right so Mm -hmm. they're going on walks there chris my my buddy chris is like dude my my wife has never gone on walks or gone jogging she's like a high intensity workout person Mm. but the fact that she's going on walks with with casey this is amazing and Mm. so they're talking and chatting and um and so as, as we progressed in September, uh, so we moved in end of February. In September, we, uh, we launched small groups, and we had a, a, like an interest meeting online in, um, in August. Mm-hmm. And because they're our friends and because they, they're cheering for us, they're like, hey, we'll come to your small group. You know, just kind of like a throw you a bone. <laughs> yeah. And so Chris and Brittany started coming to our small group in our house. Um, and what we do in our small group is we break bread together. We eat a meal. During our meal, we, we say, hey, what's something um, good that's happened in your life this week? What's something bad that's happened in your life this week? What's something you're looking forward to? We do that mm-hmm. so we can teach people. Um, some people aren't good at sharing, right? So we're yeah. teaching people to share. But then we're also helping people learn how to care for one another, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. oh, that was bad that happened in your life. Oh, I feel that now, and I care about what's going on in your life. And so, yeah. so And then we pray for one another. Um, and then we open up God's word and then we let God's word, um, teach us something together. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we do. It's a very simple process. Um, but we use a whiteboard as we kind of write down what God is, what the passage is saying about God and about man. Is there sins that we could avoid and promises that we can hold on to? Are there commands that we need to obey? And so, uh, our small group leaders started off writing on the board, but then the goal was to try to get other people to write. Mm. And Brittany has really great penmanship and she's a teacher. And so she got kind of thrown into being Mm. the writer on the board. And so going from a three to a two, 
Now she's coming to small group. She's in community. She's probably back to a three or a four. Now she's writing on the board all of these things, all of these truths from the scriptures about who God is, about how how we are broken and in need of a savior, mm. all these promises that God. So she's writing as as the writer, <laughs> she has to take in what people said, mm-hmm. interpret it, and then write it down. So she's having yeah. to process all of this stuff, right? Yeah. So she's probably four, five, maybe a six. And our goal is to start a new small group in February. And it looks like Chris and Brittany are going to be the hosts for that small wow. group. And I, I tell you that story because one, it shows what uh, disciple making looks like in community and how when yeah. you're when you're rooted in community and you have a plan, right? Like us asking Brittany to come to a small group when we moved in in February, would have she would have said no. Right. But because my wife built that relationship and she was in community with her, they said yes to coming later mm. on, right? And then, and that took several dinners. That took lots of evenings hanging out. Right. And not talking about God at all, just talking about yep. life and being a friend. Yeah. Right? Because Jesus was a friend to people. Yep. And, and so that's what we saw. And then now we see God working in her life mm. that we had a, a, a virtual meeting because of COVID stuff in the spikes in numbers right now, but a virtual meeting in the first week of January. And one of the conversation pieces were like, hey, what are your spiritual goals for this year? And she had goals for her relationship with God and how she wanted to see that advance. Wow. And I, I don't say that to say like, hey, look at what we're doing, but look at what God has right. done yeah. using community and mm. opening the scriptures together to, to create a disciple-making process and, a, and, and really a, a disciple-making funnel mm-hmm. to see God move in people's lives in, in, in a crazy, awesome, amazing, miraculous way. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's really important for people to hear that it took months. It took months. It took yeah. time. It took patience. And it really just took loving these people where they're at. Mm. Um, I think that's really big for community. You, you know that that's our phrase for our church. Like our vision statement is we meet people where they are, how they are, and show them who they are. I did not know that. That's really funny. That's awesome. That's a great mission statement. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> So what does biblical community look like? Yeah. Um, so like think about Acts 2, right? That's like our best definition. Um, you know, they're meeting together. They're devoting themselves, right? That's um, that's not just like, hey, I'm attending a service, right? Mm-hmm. They're devoting themselves to, to a couple things, right? The apostles' teaching and to fellowship, which is, you know, um, breaking bread and prayer. Mm-hmm. And so that's the model that we used for building yeah. community. And, and that's kind of, I talked to you about our small groups. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We break bread mm-hmm. and we pray for one another. And we literally, we don't have a teacher. The teacher is, is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We open up the Bible and we ask the same questions every week. What mm-hmm. does this say about God? What does this say about man? Um, understanding that God is holy and we are inherently sinful and mm. there's a brokenness that comes because of the sin that we exp- that we commit and that sin cro- it, that sin creates separation between us and god mm-hmm. and that separation can only be um kind of fixed or are or, or brought back together is is through a sacrifice and not a sacrifice that we can make by giving up something for lent or by giving right. money to god but a sacrifice that jesus made on our behalf a one time mm. for all time sacrifice and so our response is simply to surrender mm-hmm. uh, surrender our lives to god and then we're sent into the world to be ministers of reconciliation right that's yeah. the gospel right and so when we use the gospel as as kind of like 
our, our, our plumb line for everything when we open up the scriptures and we ask questions that point people back towards, hey, these are gospel points. Mm-hmm. How are we seeing the gospel in this passage? What's happening? We're seeing this happen in, in, in so many different lives. We have a lot of people walking with us uh, that have that have had bad experience with the church, mm-hmm. um, that that really had, had grown up in a Catholic type of environment mm-hmm. where they didn't, they weren't encouraged to open up the scriptures and read it for themselves. Mm. I have many Catholic friends who are devout followers of Jesus, so yeah. that's not what I'm saying. For sure. But I'm saying that they are opening up the Bible and getting to read read it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what, what biblical community looks like is devoting ourselves to, to the teaching, the apostles' teachings, which we can find in the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Old and New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Read it all. Um, and devoting ourselves by like looking at it and then asking, hey, how can I take what we learned tonight and I, how can I apply that to my life mm. tomorrow? Yeah. And one of the questions that we are starting to, to ask, because we saw the process that we were making, uh, it, wasn't, it was helping, but it, it wasn't creating fully formed disciples because we were just giving, they were taking information. Because I think this is what happens in the Western church is we get a lot of information, but we don't really apply it to our lives. I right? agree. And so what we started asking is, hey, how can you apply what you, how can you take what you learned today mm-hmm. and apply it to your life this week? Mm, yeah. And then next week we ask when we're sitting at the table over dinner, hey, how did you apply what you learned last week? Mm. And there's like, there's accountability there, which I think mm-hmm. is biblical community, right? And, but there's also like celebration of like, hey, look at how, man, I did this thing that God told me to do and uh, holy moly, it worked <laughs> out. Like yeah. I'm different and I was more patient right. or whatever, it, whatever it is. And, yeah. and we, we are seeing maturity grow mm-hmm. in these people, whether they're, whether they are fully devoted followers of Jesus or not, mm-hmm. we're seeing maturity um, kind of manifest itself in their life because we're devoting ourselves to the apostle teaching, breaking a bread, which I'm a big fan of. I love to eat. Yes. I'm an extrovert, but I love to eat because uh, I love to be with people and talk about life. And uh, I listened mm. to this podcast. Um, it was probably a TED talk because I'm a nerd and I love NPR. <laughs> and um, it, they were talking about peace treaties. Mm-hmm. And they, they said this, they said, the majority of peace treaties are signed over a shared meal of food. Because there's something about mm. um, unity when everyone is eating the same food. So when we go out to eat, we all order whatever we want. It's very mm. like it's very Western. It's very about me. It's very, uh, hey, I don't like that, but I, I like this, and it's mm. it's very centered around yourself. But when you share a meal of food, mm. it's like, hey, this is what we are eating, mm. and you let's all eat this together. There's unity yeah. in what you're eating, and then as you're eating it your hearts are unified. And so when we eat together, Mm. um, I I believe the reason they told us, you know, breaking the bread, you know, also is talking about communion, but I I do believe it's talking about sharing a meal together. And then praying for one another, which I think isn't, hey, let's say a bunch of prayer requests, and then like someone say, hey, God, thanks. Will you bless all the prayer requests? But it's actually like saying like, hey, I'm praying for you this week and touching base like, hey, I w- you, you said you had this big interview. You, I know you lost your job. How did that go? Yeah. Like, because I've been praying for you, I want to know the answer, right? I want right. to be able to say like, hey, was that prayer answered or was that, are we waiting f- to find that answer, mm-hmm. right? And when you see that happening in people's lives, when you ask someone how that went when you've been praying for them, what happens in their heart is, hey, these people really care about me. Mm-hmm. 
they are actually praying for me. Right. And that, if they're not a praying type of, type of person, that encourages this encourages them to become a praying type of person. So, yeah. so that I, I think that's what biblical community looks like. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and, and so, uh, we're seeing some good fruit from it. Yeah. I love that. Well, Chris and I were just talking, uh, last week about how kind of a model that we've created at Coastal College specifically for our students, but really works for anyone is we're trying to figure out what is a simple method of people living in community together and multiplying out for the kingdom. Mm. And so what we've We've modeled it after Acts 242, so they're called 242s. It's a group of two to four people who are coming together, um, studying the word together, living in fellowship, praying together, going and having meals together, and just doing life together, yeah. um, which is sounds a lot like the model that you're using for your community groups right now. So talking about community, um, it can be really challenging at times, and it can be hard and messy um, because when you enter into someone's life and when they enter into your life, they get to see your mess because yeah. we're messy people. Um, so what are some challenges that you have faced when living in genuine community, and how have you handled them? Yeah, um, so I would say the biggest challenge that we see is um, – you know, I'm married, I have a kid, it is fighting for time for us. That's a struggle sometimes, but, but mm-hmm. the way we um, have handled that struggle is we like purposefully block out time on our day. Our calendar is important to us. Yeah. If it's on the calendar, it happens. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. And so we block that out. And so that, that make, that makes sure that we pursue family time. Mm. Uh, so that's one challenge that, that we face. And then the other one is just, uh, I, I mean, it's kind of the same. It's it's intermingled. It's like sometimes you can overbook yourself. You're like, man, I don't know the last time that I didn't have something going on at night, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like awesome. Look at all this ministry you're doing. But what happens is uh, you're not um, you're not pursuing Sabbath in your own life. And Sabbath is not a day of just resting. A Sabbath is a day of recreation, right? Of being filled up so that you can, so that you can survive the week, right? So that you can be poured out throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And so um, looking back to the calendar and saying like, hey, how are we creating Sabbath in our life so that we can be recreated so that when we do interact with people, we're full mm-hmm. as opposed to empty. Yeah, yeah. I think those are very common challenges that people face i think on the flip side of things people tend to not prioritize their community they get caught up in themselves and what they're doing and their schedule and my time that they don't actually extend that intentional investment in the people in their life Um, i think that could also be a challenge of just overcoming that with people i think to jump on that i believe in ephesians 2 uh, verses one through ten, the gospel ex- mm-hmm. is explained very clearly. Right, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're broken. There's sin in our lives, but God, He's rich in mercy. Mm-hmm. Right, He's so good, and He gave up His love for us. But then at verse ten, right, it says, "For we are His workmanship," mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful passage to put up. Oh, you know, you see, girls. Oh, I'm I'm God's beloved. I'm His workmanship. I'm His masterpiece. That, that is awesome. That's not what the passage is talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works mm-hmm. that we should walk in them. Yeah. 
That means, this is what I believe that means. That believes if, that means that if you have breath in your lungs today, there is a work that God has for you to do mm-hmm. today. Yeah. So that means if you're still breathing, that there are things that God has ordained for you, not just the 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 royal we for you individually mm-hmm. to walk in. That means there's people's names that you need to learn. There's people's stories that you need to engage mm-hmm. and help them understand the story of God. Yeah. I believe that God has placed us here. We're called aliens in a foreign land. This is not our home. Um, this is a temporary place. Eternity will be spent with him. Mm-hmm. This will be a blip on the radar. So we are here to help people find the same story that we found, the story mm-hmm. of Jesus, the greatest story ever told, the story that all other stories try to mimic in mm-hmm. order to make a great story, the story of Jesus, the story of someone uh, about God creating people in his own image and mm. in the image bearers turning their back on God, but God not turning our, his back on us. Mm. And so he enters into our mess to, to redeem us out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that is why we're here is to share that story with people. And that if you have breath in your lungs, that means you still have a story to tell. Yeah, that's good. I want to add one last thing on challenges and community. I think that a lot of times when we enter into some sort of conflict with people, if we can't really see a light at the end of the tunnel, you end up just like giving up. But I really want to encourage people to keep pursuing um, reconciliation, keep pursuing working things out and talking things out and having clear communication with people. Just because, I mean, in any relationship and any kind of friendship with people, you're going to have conflict. But I really want to encourage people to not just tap out when things get hard, but really to dive in deep and try and seek reconciliation if possible. And I mean, that's that's what the Bible tells us to do. Well, I think challenge is not only something that happens i think that's something that is actually helpful right yeah Uh, so you know you you think through the words of jesus if you read through the psalms like life is chaotic Mm -hmm. um challenges will happen Mm -hmm. and and so one tip that i can maybe share with your listeners that can help them with with uh with that challenge of having like needing to seek reconciliation is, is this, is um, when you look at that person that hurt you, that wounded you, that triggered something inside of you that maybe you don't like that they triggered, when you look at them, what do you see? Hmm. Do you see their badness or do you see their brokenness? Hmm. Do, if you see their badness, you're looking at them and like, hey, they're a jerk, they did this, mm-hmm. they're trying to hurt me. Right. It's very centered around you, mm-hmm. right? But if you see their brokenness, you see, hey, Back to Ephesians 2, we're all sinners Mm -hmm. that are pursuing, like we're being tempted by the greatest tempter of all time to take our eyes off of Jesus and and look anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so you can look at their brokenness and say, hey, these people, um, they have sin in their life. And that sin is leading them to to, to away from, from God. And sin always has two consequences in my opinion it leads to separation separation between us and god Mm -hmm. but also separation between us and one another Mm -hmm. right yeah you see that happen in the garden right yep this woman that you gave me (laughs) like seriously dude you were there the whole time like why are you trying to blame it on her but when we see this happening um we can look at people and we can see their badness 
we can see their brokenness. And when we mm -hmm. begin to see people in their brokenness, we can look at them through the lens of the cross. And the cross tells us that, yeah, they hurt you. And yeah, if you need to get your pound of flesh, you can get it. But it's not their flesh that you're going to get. It's the flesh of Jesus mm -hmm. that was already that was already broken for you and for them. Yeah. And if Jesus is forgiving them mm -hmm. of all that they have done against him, which is so much greater than they could have ever done against you, right. then who are you to hold this sin over their head? Right. Like literally, if Jesus is looking at you and saying, who are you to hold this over their head? After I've forgiven you of all of this, yeah. like th that shapes the way we approach people. It's oh, not, yeah. hey, I'm going to have this conversation and seek reconciliation because I'm a good person. I'm mm -hmm. seeking reconciliation because we serve a, a glorious and great God yeah. who is freely giving forgiveness to both of us. Yeah, that's a great way to look at that. What else can we do to love people well? Honestly, I think if we overly complicate this, it makes it more difficult than it really is. It's not hard to love people. Right. But here's here's the thing that I would uh, that I would maybe challenge us that we haven't talked about. Um, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. I think we struggle with loving people well because we don't love ourselves mm. and we actually do love people love our neighbor like we love ourselves because we don't love ourselves well and we don't take care of ourselves mm -hmm. and we are hard on ourselves and we don't preach the gospel to ourselves understanding that there's nothing that we did to earn salvation but it's all what Jesus has done for us on mm -hmm. our behalf that he looks at us and he he sees us as now sons and daughters of the king we are co-heirs with Christ if we were to love ourselves well then we can easily love our neighbors well. Mm. And so I think that is probably one of the greatest challenges that I see in my own life and I see in other people's lives mm. when they're trying to love people well is they don't love themselves well. And when you don't love yourself, you it's very difficult to love other people. Yeah, that's very true. I'm glad you said that. It's a unique way of looking at it and something that I don't think that a lot of people realize. Um and that's also, I think, a challenging thing to do is to try and, you know, not put so many expectations on yourself that God doesn't put on you. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would like to share about community or disciple making in general? I, I would say this, maybe this. You have a story that God is writing, but you're not the main character. Mm -hmm. He is. And so acknowledging that you're not the main character gives you a lot of freedom um, because it doesn't have to all be around you. Mm -hmm. uh, but also your neighbor is not the main character either. So you get to all be part of the supporting cast of making Jesus known and mm -hmm. famous. Yeah. And ways that Jesus is, is, is made known and famous is by new people being introduced to him, but also by people getting to know more about him. Mm -hmm. So when we invite people into the story, Jesus is made famous. And then when we walk with them towards Jesus, he's made famous. And so mm. uh, understanding that this, I'm not the center of the narrative, Jesus is, I think brings some, some, some freedom. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Definitely. That's a good note to end on. Uh, well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really good conversation. And I think that our listeners are really going to benefit from, from your story and everything that you shared. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, if you want to find out anything about us as a church, uh, our website is logomar.church. There you go. So if you live in Lagomar area, come and be a part of our neighborhood. Yes. It's cool. Check it out. Man, what a great conversation that was. Talking about how inviting people into your life is as simple as inviting them to your kitchen table. Helping people belong in your community and in your life is a foundation for helping their spiritual growth and showing Jesus to them. So now that we've talked about the foundation of helping people belong, next week, I'm so excited for my conversation with Chris Millar. He is a church planter in San Marcos, and we're going to be talking about what I'm calling Believe Part 1, and it's all about spiritual conversations, or the scary word that we don't really like is evangelism. Chris has some really great insight into this. I mean, he just planted a church, so he's doing a whole lot of evangelism right now. So I can't wait to have that conversation with him. So make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode that will be dropping on Monday. Y'all have a really great week and we will see you guys next time.